everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Uh, movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, we're recording late in the week. We're recording the Sunday. This episode's going up. We're hot off the New Year's. It is 2016, baby. Woo! Woo! How you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I uh, had a very d- good but busy week uh, between, you know, hanging with friends for on New Year's Eve. Um, started editing the survivors because I just kind of remembered that I need to get everything cut together so the composer can make the music and everything and the entire film can be done by March for Horror Realm, which I'm a special guest at. That's good. Uh, so I am hot on that editing train. I hate editing. Uh, I know a lot of filmmakers I know personally say, oh, that's my favorite part of filmmaking. Well, fucking good for you. You can do it for me because I hate the shit. Uh, yeah, it is annoying. Editing. It is tedious. It is like doing a puzzle, and I hate puzzles. Yeah, that's what. That's what. Yeah, I mean, for how little what little editing I've done in my uh, my time, I did some stuff for school or whatever. Yeah, because then you're trying to get things to work. You're trying to figure out how to get what you have to work for what you want, and then you have to look, watch it over and over and over and over and over. And you and have over to make sure you have someone else watch it so that way you didn't miss something. And, yep, it's insane. Oh, but the it's, biggest... it's the part where the movie finally becomes the movie. Yeah, I'm fine just showing up when that part's done. I did all the heavy lifting. <laughs> Someone else can put... I made the puzzle pieces and the puzzle outline. Someone else can put the puzzle together, and I'll just show up and make sure that they didn't, like, put a corner in the wrong place or something. No, totally. That's, that's, that's straight why on. I'm paying someone else for Care as Hell, which, by the way, I forget if I asked it on the last episode. I don't think I did. Uh, but Carousel officially has a full investor. Carousel officially getting made as a feature film this year. Woo! It is huge news. It is great news. Uh, reread the script. Still hilarious. That's great. Uh, the effects guy, totally on board. He, his quote was, my happiness is thick. Uh, he says this is the best way to ring in the new year, and he is great with effects. So I can't wait to actually work with him when I'm giving him an actual budget, as opposed to Red Christmas, where he had like $500. Hey, that $500, you got your money's worth. Fuck yeah, I did. Hell yeah, you did. Um, so now he's going to have thousands <laughs> to work with. <laughs> uh, and we already have the horse, and we just need to paint that, and everything's come together. You know, the, That sounds great. The lead voice of Duke is still on board, Stephen Peachy. Uh, Scott Lewis is still going to be uh, the director of photography and the editor. I'm obviously still the director. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to drop out. We did contractual agreements, so... Uh, Steven Spielberg's gonna step in to direct this. He says he wanted to get try a horror film for once. What are you talking about? He directed Poltergeist. <sighs> I fucked up. You can say Toby Hooper all you want, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're pretty much right. <laughs> um, so yeah, been a very good but busy week. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been usual New Year's stuff. Uh, New Year's Eve, went to some friends out to a bar, did a lot of karaoke, drank a lot of vodka... Had a great time. Uh, Friday, uh, New Year's Day, stayed home with the wife, watched a lot of movies, as we usually do anymore. Uh, knocked out six movies. Nice. Um, then did uh, some more movie watching yesterday. Uh, today's just hanging out, recording this episode, leading into uh, tomorrow morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, watching Wrestle Kingdom 10, live from, from, uh, from Japan. Getting super excited for that. Uh, otherwise, everything's going pretty solid. Um, got these uh, cool box office numbers coming in. For uh, the Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, that Star Wars movie came out. I forgot that little. Uh, we already made the damn stupid joke about it being a little film. Uh, yeah, it's uh, already at seven hundred forty million uh, domestic. So that's gonna definitely knock Avatar off that front position, Fuck which yeah. I think everyone knew was gonna happen. Yeah, pretty much. 
I was I was expecting. I wasn't sure at first, but the more you talked to me and you brought up the very important point that this is the biggest Star Wars has ever been in its existence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was going to make so much money. Absolutely. Uh, and it's still, like, not even at, you know, a full three weeks in theaters. Yeah. So I imagine it's going to be doing pretty, pretty good. Even then, because I'm sure it has another, like, three three weeks or so of legs. Because it's January. Nothing fucking is coming out. It, January's the fuck you month where they just dump garbage in the theaters. Yep, just garbage. So there's, there's really no competition. Like, even this past weekend, the estimates are already at being number one by, like, a pretty wide margin. Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, because... The only thing that might have been competition is Hateful Eight, but that's not exactly a movie that's going to, you know, break banks and get tons of people coming in to see it. So really, I, I don't... I don't think of anything of interest is coming out in January. Nothing really big is coming out till February stuff with like uh, Deadpool, and even then, I don't. Well, I, I don't think Star Wars on that that much that legs for that long. But even with Deadpool, Deadpool's not a movie that's going to make a ton of money, right? It'll make good. It'll probably make good money. Yeah, it'll it'll do well. It'll be number one, you know, for its weekend. Yeah, but you know, they're gonna fucking put a dent into Star Wars. No, I, I I really I think I do think Star Wars is going to be here for at least another month. Yeah. And draw solid numbers for it. Because it's it's January. <laughs> uh, Hollywood's dumping ground. Because mm-hmm. I legitimately don't know of anything coming out in January that I'm going to see. That I know about, even. Like, I, I can't even name something. <laughs> right. And I'm sure... I mean, I've seen a trailer for something, but none of, usually it's nothing memorable. <laughs> usually some just garbage. Garbage, garbage fucking movie. Uh, yeah, I think I may just have to end up finally going to see Creed. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. I don't even know if it, I don't even know if any of my theaters still have it. Mine still does it. Obviously, less showings, but it's still there. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I definitely want to check it out because you know I fucking love the Rocky movies, and I keep on hearing that it's a great like new start of a new potential franchise or spinoff, yeah. or however you want to put it. Uh, from my understanding, it's good because it's not. This could also be a season negative, depending on how you feel about it. From a lot of reports, it also it just feels like Rocky. Yes. Like, it doesn't actually try to do anything different, mm-hmm. which isn't bad, as we discussed with Star Wars. It's trying to be familiar, and even if they don't go anywhere else with this, I think, that from my understanding, it sounds like it's still pretty good. The only thing uh, that may throw me off, then, is that because Rocky Balboa is basically Rocky again. Yes. Um, but it does it in such a beautiful, great way that I do actually like Rocky Balboa a whole lot more than the original Rocky. So it's still completely possible for a movie to basically just be Rocky, but do it in its own way so much. Yeah, it just depends on how they do it, because I don't know how if Creed is about mostly him actually winning, because with Rocky, and especially Rocky Balboa, it was more about him going the distance. He didn't care if he won or lost, he just wanted to know if he could go If he could get to that match and go all the way. Yeah, now that's the biggest part, that's the biggest takeaway from Rocky, and also Rocky Balboa, is the fact that, yeah, he loses, Who but cares? for him it wasn't about losing. It was just about him going all the way. And then the, the sequels where it becomes, you know, just lots of, I gotta win. Gotta get my honor back, or gotta win the title back, or I gotta avenge uh, um, um, Apollo Creed. Yeah. But, uh, and I guess off of Creed, I guess um, Ryan Coogler, who is the director that is now uh, signed on to direct Black Panther, which everyone's kind of going apeshit about, but I, I think they're missing something with this, because apparently, uh, from if you've been following that, He's like probably the fifth or sixth director because uh, uh, specifically Disney wanted a black director for the movie, mm-hmm. and he's like the fifth or sixth person they went to, and he's I guess he's the first person that said yes. Yeah. So I guess the cynical side take that for what it's worth. Right. 
because yeah, who knows if that's if who knows what what that's going to turn out to be then. Yeah, who because knows? if that many people are saying no, usually it, and especially because it's a Marvel movie, it pro- possibly could mean a they don't want to work for a studio picture like that, which is pop possible, or Absolutely they just don't, possible. or they really don't like the script or what they're doing with it. Yeah, it could be shit. Yeah, and he's probably the first one to go. Yeah, I like money. <laughs> I love money. Let's do this. because of money stuff. Like everyone was posting how. Like, Carrie Fisher only got a million dollars for The Force Awakens. Then, like, uh, Mark Hamill got, like, $20 million, And then Harrison Ford got paid $40 million. Wow, Carrie only got a million? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, like, probably that probably, probably a little more than that. It wasn't very much compared by the other ones. But guess what? Here's, here's my biggest takeaway from that. It's that, oh, Harrison Ford was the only one to say no. Yeah. Because he probably said no, so they paid him more. Yeah, absolutely. And also, Harrison Ford is a much bigger name actor than the other two. It makes sense that Harrison Ford will make way more than uh, Mark and Carrie. I guess I guess everything in that story, the part that surprises me is that Mark Hamill got $20 million. Well, from, um, for those, I mean, it's been a while we can talk about the film a little bit. Uh, spoilers, right, the next minute or two, if you hadn't seen the film, but where have you been? Um, from, I guess, I read some stuff where apparently they shot more stuff with Luke at the end of the film, but they didn't feel it... it it didn't feel right, mm-hmm. so they cut it. Oh. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. I, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If it doesn't work, cut it. I mean, who knows? When it comes out and it's a deleted scene or something, if, it, if that is the case, and we'll see and we can decide for ourselves, but I, I can kind of get, you don't, you know, that, that by that point in the film, what are you going to do, like another ten minutes of him talking to Ray or something? Uh, then, no, he and Ray have a sweet lightsaber fight on the island. Ah, so it's like, aha! And so that he see he tests her skills he tests with, her. With, the, with the blade. And then her hand gets cut off. Oh no! Yes. No, that has, that happens in the next movie, and then and then people will complain that Finn isn't the one that got his hand cut off because he's a black character. Oh wait, a black man can get his hand cut off? No, clearly, and that's the problem. You know, clearly he needs to be the most powerful character in the series. Uh, no, and, and, and anything less is racist. No, him and Poe have to be gay. That's what Tumblr wants. I would. I'm going to be honest. I would be okay with that. I don't care either way, but I just, you know, do it if that's what you already had intended. Don't do it to some, some fucking assholes on Tumblr. It's like, uh, no, you gotta go with her fan fiction. Oh, no, I agree with you there. Yeah, for sure, yeah. That's what it's all about. I mean, they, they you can't just have two guys who are friends and like, hey, dude, what's up? And yet they have to be like, no, they have to fuck each other. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that they're just friends, but I did also really like uh, a piece of art someone did that had BB-8 holding a sign that said, my two dads with Finn and Poe. I laughed a lot. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, and so long as we get the uh, the TR-8R spinoff film, that's all that matters. Yeah, Traitor. Yeah, Traitor. No, he comes back in the next film. He didn't take. He didn't die from that blast. No, he now he's got now he's got two riot beater sticks. No, he has a double beater stick that he only holds in the middle. That sounds uh, uh, too cool. And then Duel of the Fates, like a new like dubstep remix starts oh, playing. Oh my god, yes. And then that Hans Zimmer composed just for this movie. I I know he became a giant like joke meme, but real talk, he was probably one of my favorite parts of the film. No, I think it's because he. I think I think he became a joke meme because he's one of the best. Parts yeah, of the like movie. he is legitimately a great part of the film, and he just so happened to become a meme because of that, as opposed to like say, uh, Left Shark at the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, I still didn't. I, I still didn't watch Super Bowl, so I still had no idea what the fuck that was. I saw it in passing, like just the halftime show, and basically just there was. Whoever was singing, I don't even fucking remember, had this beach set for... It was Katy Perry. Thank you. Uh, Katy Perry had, like, a beach set for her song, so there was, like, fucking dancing trees and suns and beach balls. And it looked hilarious, like, as in the sense that it was supposed to be a, a joke. 
Yeah. Um, but one of the choreographed dancers, which was the shark on the left, was retarded. Like, did not know the dance at all, at all, and was just trying his hardest. And mm-hmm. that's where the meme came from, was left shark, if left shark could try, you can too, sort of thing. That's awesome. Anyway, yes. uh, but yeah, t- uh, Traitor, TR8R, fantastic. Great yep. part of the film. Great part of the film, for sure. Uh, that's cool. Well, I think that's all we have for like some catching up, some newsy shit. I think it's time we uh, jump right into the first movie discussions of the new year. And we mentioned this before. We had a little chat on one of our, uh, our road trip recordings uh, about the Tales from the Crypt film series. Tales from the Crypt. One of my favorite, sh- <laughs> well, my favorite shows growing up. Watching it with my mother on the bed at late at night on HBO. Like every week, we never miss an episode. Nice. And then, yeah, I talked about that as well. Like I wasn't necessarily watching my mom, but I was definitely watching it all the time. And it was definitely a huge influence as we discussed before. So much so that when, when uh, the first film was coming out, Demon Knight, um, I was very much excited for that. Yes. So let's just uh, jump right in here. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight from 1995. Hunter, uh, hundred, I can't say. Uh, well, I guess I could say, no, it's not even 100 minutes, it's 90, 92 minutes. I'm not doing too good. Uh, <laughs> this is a great synopsis, one of my favorites I've done so far. A man on the run is hunted by a demon known as the Collector. <laughs> Okay. Man, that tells you everything you know about this movie. Yep. It's fair. It's a good build-up, because you can still discover the rest of the film the way the story intends you to find out. It's true. That is very true. <laughs> you know, I, I complain sometimes about synopses being overlong, but there's sometimes when they're just too short. Just way too short. <laughs> a man's in a car. <laughs> no, no. A man hangs out with people in a hotel. That's the synopsis for Demon Knight. I feel like you're missing some. Nope. <laughs> it might as well just describe like the first five minutes. Uh, one man is on the run from another man in a the car. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so this film uh, stars Billy Zane as the, the collector, William Sadler as Breaker, and a bunch of other people. Like this is an early Jada Pinkett Smith role, uh, old, early Thomas Hayden Church. We of course have some other uh, character actors showing up here, like Dick Miller. Which is always fantastic. Absolutely. So that's that's cool. Uh, so let's just uh, jump right in here, I guess. Uh, Demon Knight. Um, we open on uh, probably the weakest part of the film, and that is the opening and closing segments of the Crypt Keeper. Uh, I'd say it's only weak because the rest of the film is so fucking good. Uh, because I don't think that the Crypt Keeper parts are bad. Man, they don't do it for me. Like the, okay. the, between that, the, the terrible uh, like CG effect work they're trying to do to make the crypt keeper like appear to be walking around. Oh yeah, that looked terrible. I'll, I'll looked completely terrible. give you that. Yeah, it just didn't. Man, those I don't know something about like the way those were shot and put together didn't work for me. And I know I might, later I might complain that the the like forecasting for Bordello Blood. Like I might complain how it doesn't feel like a Tales of the Crypt movie. I feel like you could still do the films without having the uh the wraparound segments because mm-hmm. I, I well even especially especially with how some stuff happens in Royal blood but like i appreciate this film having the opening opening intro that uh that the show had i love that that's great to see it on a big screen it's like all neat and then of course you get to the part with the beginning of the movie the, the, the beginning wraparound segment where it's like an episode of Tales from the Crypt, which is cool. It, it has the cheesy, shitty fucking lines, like the woman saying how she killed her husband, and it's making her feel like 
making her, her her feel all squishy. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is that? That's great. But that's very indicative of some, uh, I guess, also more and more and more parodying the shitty fucking writing that might sometimes pop up in Tales of the Crypt. Mm-hmm. And the original some, comics as well. And in the, and the of course, in the original uh, William Gaines uh, EC, EC Comics stuff. Um, so... We're getting this intro segment, and then the Crypt Keeper's, like, running around screaming, saying it's shit. He's the director. That's the... He is the director. You do what he says. You do what he says? <laughs> um, which I can't remember, uh... I'm trying to remember the name. There's a, there's a prominent, like, a well-known actor that's in that part that's pretty funny. Um, which, whatever, I can't, can't find it. Uh, and so then it, of course, leads into, yeah, here, here we got Tale of a Few Crypt Kitties, ripped up in the book, and then Demon Knight. Then we get the start of the film. Uh, now going to the uh, second wraparound segment. Ah, there's a limo pulling up. Here's the crypt keeper gets his head cut off. I don't know. It is. They felt weak. I will say that the uh, the end felt f- weaker uh, than the opening. Uh, mm-hmm. The end wraparound could have been done completely different. It was weird. I don't know. I saw what they were going for, but that didn't work for me as much. But the opening, I'll be honest, like I really loved. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah, I just think it could have been done, done better, which is funny because, uh, fun fact, uh, the director of Bordello Blood, Gilbert Adler, directed the wraparound segments for Demon Knight. Yeah. So there, that can maybe can give you a preview of what you're in for when you come to the second film. <laughs> just a smidge. Uh, but no, Demon Knight is directed by Ernest Dickerson, uh, who does a great job. No complaints, definitely. I like, I like the way the, movie, the film shot. looks great. It, it it maintains the Tales from the Crypt feel, mm-hmm. like how this the show kind of had a, a style to it. It maintains that pretty well, but of course, it gives it the proper respect for being a feature film, right? You know, it doesn't make it feel like it's too much like premium cable television, but you know, makes it like you know, this is a movie. We're going to make it look like a movie. Yes, obviously, there's great practical effects uh, for what little um, not practical effects. The, that stuff does look still look good. For the most part, I mean, it, it's it's okay for what it is. Like when um, they're creating the uh, the barrier, the, like the uh, blood barriers for the demons. Mm-hmm. Those don't look too bad. They look okay for ninety five, and especially for the film's uh, twelve million dollar budget. So we move into the the story. I guess we're going to jump into the bulk of everything, and we open on uh, William Sadler playing Breaker, being chased by Billy Zane's the Collector. He's awesome, and a pretty pretty solid uh, chase sequence. Of high speed chasing, it is uh, to where uh, um, Sadler's car he like turns it, shoots into Billy Zane's car, all blows up, big huge fireball. Which that's always pretty cool. And then we uh, then we that's 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 kind of how we discover uh, Billy Zane is you know, a demon or something. Something's going fishy on there because he's walking out of the fire. He's and, totally fine. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I guess we're going to jump a bit here. Um, like when he, when the cops show up and they ask him like, "How did you survive the crash?" I think really Zane says, uh, "Airbags, <laughs> airbags, it was airbags." Oh, it wasn't seatbelts <laughs> or airbags. Now I forget. I don't remember. I think I think he said airbags. All I know is like, I mean, you'll quickly. I think let's just get to it now. Uh, Billy Zane takes something that isn't necessarily amazing. And makes but it beyond amazing. Beyond amazing. <laughs> he clearly takes this and just runs with it. Him and even especially William Sadler as well mm-hmm. um, are two actors that can definitely, if 
if they're in the mood, if they really want to give it their all, which William Sather always does, don't get me wrong, him, Billy Zane, there's been plenty of stuff he sleepwalks through. Yeah. But when there's something he, they actually care about and they want to get into, man, it, they just elevate that shit so high. And this is definitely one of those cases with Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say if there's any, uh, if there's ever, like, if I had to make a list of, like, favorite things about Demonite, it's Billy Zane. Billy Zane is probably number one and two. Yeah. He turns it up. <laughs> he turns it up so well, and it's fantastic. Uh, growing up, he was one of my favorite actors because he was in this, and he was also in The Phantom. Yes. Which I, I love The Phantom a lot, too. He does a great job in that as well. I love The Phantom. Yeah, I, a lot of people... I mean, I don't... I don't I've made things have got, died down a bit over the years, but for a while, like a lot of people really shit on that movie. That and The Shadow got a lot of, a lot of shit. That sucks. I know, I know. I mean, like, I, I remember hearing that, too, but I always liked it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I guess we can just, let's just jump into favorite parts. I, I, this is one of those movies I think has a lot more favorite parts than it does necessarily me having to run down the whole synopses. Right. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start. So, <laughs> I guess our, our introduction to Dick Miller is pretty fantastic, which it usually is when he's in something. Oh, yeah. I'm, and I like, this is one of those cases where Dick Miller gets to have a big, a pretty prominent role. Yeah, he's not just, like, a side character or anything. He's actually one of the, like you said, one of the prominent characters of the entire film. Sure, and he sticks around quite a while, too, which is great. And he, and he gets of... to be surrounded by a bunch of tits. Oh, yeah. Uncle Willie. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but, no, he shows up just drinking his ass off, given, uh, you know, taking uh, William Sadler's character to the, this little hotel for, for, I guess, a lot of interesting characters reside in. Yeah, it's a weird hotel. Yeah, I mean, it's a good setup for this. Got uh, Jay Pinkett Smith, who is a guy, like a, um, kind of like a uh, housekeeper of this place because she's working on pro- like a work release program. Yeah. Dick Miller is just a drunkard kind of guy. Um, uh, trying to bring up everyone's stuff here. Um, uh, Brenda Blake, yeah, Brenda Bake is like a prostitute that lives there. Yeah. Uh, CCH Pounder plays Irene, who's kind of like the owner of the place. Who is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church is just kind of a dude that comes there to fuck Brenda B- Brenda Bakes' character. And he's, his name uh, is Roach, and he's here to fuck. <laughs> uh, indeed he is, uh, with some cool car battery tricks as well. <laughs> yeah, that was weird and fantastic. That seems funny, but it's also like this like shitty like deputy deputy for the for the cop the uh, sheriff there, who's all like, <laughs> "Look what I found!" It's like, no, who gives a shit? Yeah, seriously, who gives a fuck? That's not illegal. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Um, but what's not stupid is when um, Billy, the collector, I can't. I'm gonna jump in between uh, names here. Like shows up with the sheriff and the deputy, and then shit goes south, and then. The collector just like punches through the sheriff's head. Yeah, straight through it. That's when shit immediately gets real. Shit gets super real. Uh, but I've been talking enough, uh, Steve. Uh, I guess what are your thoughts on Demon Knight? Like, do you have any like favorite stuff you want to talk about? I mean, I grew up with this film in a big way. I watched this on VHS a lot. Uh, it's not really like in a top ten when I look at like all the films I've looked at my entire life, and it's not. It's not never an Elm Street four level of part of me but mm-hmm. goddamn, it's been part of my life for ever since it came out in 95 really i mean i th- pretty sure i saw it in theaters with my mother 
That's cool. Um, and then, you know, as soon as it came out, I owned it, and I watched it so many times, a lot of times, because it's hilarious, it's good, it's a, it's better than it should be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the effects look fantastic, and what really brings it together for me is the cast. Again, like, as you said, Billy Zane, fucking amazing. Uh, Sadler as break, Breaker was fucking fantastic, and... Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was great in the film. CCH Pounder was great in the film. Dick Miller, you know, even when I was that young, I liked seeing Dick Miller pop up in things, even though I didn't know his name was Dick Miller. I love Dick Miller from, uh, for me, my connection to Dick Miller is Gremlins, and Gremlins 2 especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Gremlins 2 for me, absolutely. Yeah, uh, that's, where, that's where I got my, my, my big fascination of Dick Miller. I love Roach. Uh, even the weird-ass fucking postal guy, Wally, is cool in the film. I like his oh, character. Yeah. And that yeah, is the they... voice of Benny from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Sounds about right. Uh, and I could hear that a little bit from time to time, so that's when I looked that up. Um, but it's just a fucking fun movie. It's got a great sense of humor, but it's a serious story with serious consequences. Yeah, it's very much, st- again, like, staying with the Tales from the Crypt style of stuff. Absolutely. Where you're going to get a, a, you know, like with the show, for the mo- like most part, most the majority of the show is solid as hell. Yes. You got tons of great directors coming in. You got, you know, like Joe Dante was one of them. You got tons of great people coming in all the time. Uh, great actors coming in all the time. Mm-hmm. Solid as hell horror stories. You know, it's sticking in that vein of like uh, the Twilight Zone where you have very... Good stories, good satire, good stuff like that. That's all happening in Tales from the Crypt. And of course, yeah, of course there's going to be some sleaze. you got to have some sleaze. It's 90s HBO. Yeah. And that stuff just works works with it super well also. Very well. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, this that's what I was saying before. Like, this film is a great depiction of good Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. Really, it really is. It really is. And it's one of those cases where clearly everyone on board really wanted to make the best film they could. Yeah, they wanted to make a good, good horror film, and they did. Uh, this is totally. definitely one of the better horror films I've ever seen. You know, if, it, yeah. if I was making a list of just horror films as opposed to, like, my top ten of all time, period, uh, Demon Knight would, without a doubt, be in the top ten, if not the top five. Yeah, it would definitely be in there for me, for sure. It's solid as hell. And it, it, it stays with what horror should be. Horror shouldn't always be... Necessarily, obviously, some films can take can take give it this with, but it, it maintains that good line where you have you keep up with characters you like, you keep uh, the horror elements, you know, between the gore or the spooks or that stuff that stays solid, and you make sure to have humor. Yeah, you have fun. And this film, yeah, you want to make sure you have fun too. You know, it's, obviously, some films are gonna be different. Yeah, some films it's fine to have some, you know, be dread, but you know, it's better to it's to, you don't want just ninety minutes of just fucking depressing bullshit yeah <laughs> it's good to break it up with some jokes some little like boo scares like ha ha oh, hey there you know like that and it's good to break it up and this film has it all in spades like one of my one of my favorite parts is um at one point um cc pounder's character irene gets her arm ripped off mm-hmm. and at one point because uh, at this point so i guess we kind of jumped over so suppose you haven't seen the film uh the general just is that there's a key that can tech, can uh, control, I guess. What did I tell you? At one time, there was light and darkness, and uh, God sealed away the darkness. And there's all these keys. There's seven that keys that lock, lock away the darkness. Yeah, and there's only one key left. They've either they've destroyed the other ones. And William Sadler's character Breaker's in charge of it. And inside, this key is passed on from person to person to person, and they have to pass it on to other people. Because and the original the key, blood is. Yes, yeah, the original blood is the blood of Christ. 
and so uh, that mixed with the blood of the people who passed it on. So there's always a little bit in there, and this like this protect, and then the blood can allow, um, can uh, create barriers in a way. Like you always put to drip down, it seals doorways and stuff. That way, it stops the demons and stuff from coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Billy Zane's character is the collector. He's one of the people, one of these demons who wants to get the key, obviously, and that's how it goes. So a lot of the humor in this film comes from Billy Zane trying to tempt people into helping him get the key. Yes. So there's a lot of a, whatever you like. He'll try to get into your deepest, darkest desires. Like, what do you want? I can I can give it to you. Mm-hmm. Anything like he's trying to seduce these people over to, to the darkness, in a way for sure. Like all preying on the weak minded minds of people. Right. And that's definitely where a lot of the humor parts come in. Like you have a lot of serious uh, horror stuff, and then you have these parts where a character wanders off, and then they see you know Billy's appear to them, and then you have some pretty funny parts, but. Uh, my favorite, my favorite part is when Irene has her arm ripped off. Billy Zane shows up like with her arm on a platter, <laughs> like, "Hey, help me! I'll give this to you." And she just raises up her stump, and he's like, "What's that?" Hey, is that like, a that's yes? Me giving you the, <laughs> that's me giving you the finger. Okay, and then he just leaves. Like, <laughs> yeah, then he just like disappears. He always shows up with like these sunglasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like when um when he's seducing Dick uh, Dick Miller, Uncle Willie, and he's like Uncle Willie's like walking in the room, thinking he's seeing like tons of topless women. And I'm sure Dick Miller was having a great time on set that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you see Billy Zane at a bar just turn with sunglasses like a fucking, like, uh, um, golf hat. Like, hey, Uncle Willie! Like he's the bartender. <laughs> yeah, shaking up, has a big cigar in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like all the different times Billy Zane shows up, where it's always so fantastic. Every moment Billy uh, Zane is in the film is six out of five. Totally. And I know we're talking tons about Billy Zane, but, you know, William Sadler is just... He is so good at the, I'm too old for this shit, everything's horrible, badass. Yeah. Uh, he is his character, character. His character's been alive since World War One. Yes. Like, surviving and fighting these demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel I would try to find someone that worked for NASA to pass the key onto, and then have them put the key in a spaceship. Hey, you know what? Uh, this doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because because what the demons are just gonna go to space. I mean, I'd watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> Demon Knight too. <laughs> Demon Moon, no, night, Moon Knight. Duh, Demon go. Moon Knight. There you I'm go. expecting a very different <laughs> film going to that. I mean, Williams. I'm sure William Sadler. So William Sadler has come back to life. Oh, absolutely. And then, or his character, I should say, Breaker, because William Sadler's still alive, which. <laughs> Which, that was my surprise when I saw Iron Man 3 and saw William Sadler was the president. It was awesome. <laughs> and Miguel Ferrero was his vice president. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's... Thanks, thanks um, um, Shane Black. Hey, anything to get William Sadler on more big budget films. Yeah, he always shows up and stuff, for sure. Um, so... Oh, the chemistry of all the characters are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little kid that's in the film is not annoying. No, uh, he's not in it a ton either, and he, that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, and becomes a very amazing-looking fucking demon. Yeah, that was one that like like my specific memories from the Fangoria issue that I talked about on the Road Rules episode was like the cover photo is him in demon mode, and like all the behind-the-scenes stuff is mostly centered around on like the makeup stuff for him. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, that's one of the biggest like thing like like practical effects type stuff that shows up in the film besides the individual like demons, right? His transform mode is just, like, huge and crazy. Yeah, it's, like, super over the top. Yeah. 
And uh, I like how the film, the film, the film's method of killing the demons is you have to shoot them in the eyes. Yes. Because eyes are the doorways to the soul. Yes. That's a fun little little bit, and plays up with some cool stuff. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Billy Zane pissing on Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that whole part. <laughs> That's great. Well, okay, so let's get to the end of the film here. End of the film, uh, Breaker is killed. Picks uh, uh, Jay Pinkett Smith's character to pass it along. Uh, does some fun tricks where um, she. I guess I've been a little while so I'm a little blurry in the end sequence but she basically goes up to Billy Zane making him think that she covered herself in the blood that she's like injured or something yeah and so he like douses her in water and stuff wash all the blood off of her because he thinks he put the blood of the key inside her then she finds find out no it's in her mouth and she like spits it all over mm-hmm. him and uh, kaboom and the day is saved yep. saving the day do, do, do. Um, and then she gets on a bus. Yeah, and then a uh, dude shows up. Is this a new collector? What's up with that? And then he uh, uh, whistles the tails in the crypt scene. When I was a kid, um, the kind of way that, that that guy shows up, the guy that looks like kind of like quote unquote the new collector, mm-hmm. he looks so similar to the uh, the the cult of Thorn guy that breaks out Michael Myers in Part Five of Halloween. Well, they take place in the same universe, Bill. That's... <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I almost thought like, was that intentional? What was the point of that? <laughs> Because look, they look like they could be the same people. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought that that was a fun little like, like my uh, childhood trying to piece together some like super 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 similarities between two different franchises. Right. And then of course we get the end wraparound sequence where it's opening night and there's a stupid pun and the crypt gets head cut off. And I see on the phone. Then we end the movie with the outro from the show, like we'd had the intro. So that's leaving the mansion. The th- song's playing continue to credits and that's that's the film mm-hmm. and thus we have uh, Demonite which uh, I think as we said before it's one of those cases where going into it it's one of those uh, situations where it probably has no right being as good as it is yep yeah as far as you know because say what you want about Tales of the Crypt if someone took, like a lot even with nowadays you might say some of your favorite shows if someone said hey we're, there's gonna be a movie of that your first instinct isn't to go oh yeah that sounds awesome usually it's like oh, oh no yeah so when you have like with goosebumps we talked about with goosebumps like goosebumps going into it like i had no uh feelings that that was gonna be a good movie but it was way better than it had any right to be yeah and this is another demonized certainly a case of that for sure now and and then sadly it didn't do too well it uh it had a 12 million dollar budget only did 21 million at the box office mm-hmm. so it didn't necessarily stun anybody or not... blowing everyone away yeah definitely an underrated classic absolutely so i mean if you haven't seen it please definitely go check yes, it out please we, check we, it out we, we didn't even cover tons there's tons of bits we didn't even cover like, there's so much to the film like there really is uh so star ratings uh easy 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 four and a half for me uh honestly it succeeds so well at everything that it sets out to do and the intro and outro did not turn me off as much as it turned you off i actually give yeah, it yeah f- that, that's my half a star yeah so. i give it a five out of five that's totally fair i mean it, it wasn't for the 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 weakness of the intros and outros that that'd be my mm-hmm. thing and that's what definitely what kind of holds it for me because you got a good five minute chunk on the beginning and end of the film mm-hmm. especially after i guess it's more so um 
jarring at the end of the film because the end of the film again feels like the end of a film so then all of a sudden you have this like little extra bit at the end that just kind of jumps in there right it kind of it's a little jarring which i and i agree about you i understand it's there i understand why it's there because the show had those so i can appreciate that but it's just you know it's one of those things like yeah i know it's why it's there but it kind of just juts a little bit too much for me yeah uh, but that's that's great. So you know the best way to move into a sequel film, is that for a film that just did you know didn't necessarily do great, let's just uh, do everything wrong. <laughs> let's do everything wrong. Literally, which leads us everything to the nineteen ninety six film. So one year later, <laughs> let me see the release dates here. That's how you know uh, it's a good one. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, let me see here real quick. Uh, Demon Knight came out January thirteenth, nineteen ninety five. Uh, Bordello of Blood came out August sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Oh wow, they really rushed this out. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's like a year and eight months to get a movie out, mm-hmm. which is quite quite impressive, I guess. At least they tried. <laughs> Uh, wow, this, uh, this, 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 uh, synopsis isn't much better. The Crypt Keeper returns to tell the story of a funeral parlor that moonlights as a vampire bordello. Okay. I mean, he doesn't, he yeah, doesn't that... really tell that story. I feel that, uh, he just gets into a match with the mummy who originally started telling that story. But yeah. it was its own story. But then it's actually the prologue for the actual film. Yeah... The intro and it, uh, really loses me on this film. Yeah, these are <sighs> definitely the part where the intro and outro are terrible. Except it gives me William Sadler playing the mummy, which is fantastic. That's funny. Don't get me wrong, but like it's plays like these intros and outros are fine if they were again. If these were part of an episode on the television show, great. But where they're at in this movie is bad. Yeah. Well, Bordello Blood is bad. Well, no shit. Like, spoiler alert, guys. Braille Blood is terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to knock that out right, right out of the park right now. Boom, okay. Straight up. Um, so, for, we we open the movie in the jungle with uh, uh, Phil... Uh, Fun, that's, yeah, Phil D- Fondacaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, leading a, a group of men to find Lilith. Played by Angie Everhart, her she's a, a vampire queen who's been de- you know killed and buried and stuff. So they're finally gonna, going to find her body. Mm-hmm. So we have this big intro bit, and then we cut to the wraparound segment of the Crypt Keeper and William Sadler as the Mummy. Yeah. Uh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Mummy is telling the story, but then they pause. Then they have a game where they have to start. They're going to start playing rock paper scissors. Then we go back into the movie. A bordello of blood. Yeah, it's really weird. It's so bad. And on top of the fact that I mean, I'll jump a little to the end here because we, we have you know we did the wraparound segments. The film didn't have the Tales from Script intro segment like Demon Knight did, right? But at the end of the film, it has the outro, like the end credit sequence from Tales of the Crypt, like Demon Knight did in the show had. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's it's like they didn't know what they were doing. No, I probably didn't, but I like I felt I was trying to see this for recorded. When you look at everything in uh, for Bordello of Blood compared to the uh, Demonite, looking looking at the posters, the poster for Demonite 
is like super okay here's the crypt keeper here's the book it's, it's you can boom here's tales from the crypt it's in the classic like purple and green font demonite like it's a badass poster yeah like, it's trying to be like hey this is a tales from the crypt movie this is a story that's too long to be shot in the show so here you go when you look at the poster for bordello of blood the crypt keeper's there in between two legs whose legs are these i don't know and bordello of blood is like bam it's like taking up all the advertising space on this poster and tales from the crypt is pretty minuscule on this poster very like trying not to trying to trick you into not seeing it so you don't know it's tales from the crypt movie i don't know if this was in response to the first movie not doing very well mm-hmm. but if the first movie didn't do very well i don't think bearing those elements is what's going to make your movie do better no not at all especially when you has a 15 million dollar budget meaning this movie costs more than uh demonite which this was clearly isn't... planned to be made before demonite was released you think so yeah. If it came out that fast and it had that kind of budget, absolutely. Like, when they were talking to the investors, they pitched them, like, two Tales from the Crypt movies uh, coming out very close together uh, in order to diversify the investment. And because mm-hmm. it, was gonna be, it was totally going to be a sure thing, and they were going to be able to make double the amount of money for the uh, budget of about one big budget film. Hmm. It's definitely what they were doing. Well, I guess it's upsetting this movie got $3 million more, and it looks like garbage compared to Demon Knight. Yes. I don't know if it's because at some later points they're using some CG effects, which were not good, and you shouldn't—they shouldn't have done it. <laughs> or if like getting Dennis Miller costs that much more, or I don't. It's—I miss at a loss sometimes when I look at this film. Like, is it made a fifteen million dollar budget made five point eight million dollars? You know, it didn't even make half its budget back, right? Which it deserved. <laughs> it's just like. Oh, it's it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Gilbert Adler directs this, similar to how he directed the wraparound segments. The first film, which I guess isn't shocking, that he he directed two bits of a for the first film that weren't necessarily very good, and then came on to direct a film that wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as I mentioned before, we had little. Let um, uh, me find the, the character's name. You mean the villain or? Uh, uh, Vincent Prather, oh, okay. played by Phil Fonaka, who is a uh, little person. He, he shows up in a lot of stuff. He, He's very prominent. He is my favorite little person actor. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's definitely high up on my list. Because he also shows up in a lot of the kind of films we would like. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a character actor that shows up in just tons of he's different stuff. He's got a stuff. great voice. He yeah, looks like a sure. badass. <laughs> That's true. I, I like I'm him not, a lot. Not, not so whenever And yeah. a lot of times, like a lot of people were sucking the dick of uh, what's-his-face from... Um, fucking Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage. Thank you, Peter Dinklage. Uh, being in movies where, like, him being a little person isn't part of the plot, and I feel like Vince has done that multiple times. Oh, he hasn't necessarily been in, like, high, like, high profile. Yeah, he movies. hasn't, but it just pisses me off. That's, I mean, that's fair. I don't know. I like, I like both plenty fine and stuff they've shown up when. So, eh. Depends on what you're in. I guess. You can be a great actor, but if all you're in is like fucking Bordello like Blood. Tim Thomerson. Tim Thomerson's a great actor, but he's has he's been mostly in like full moon pictures shit. So I mean, he doesn't have a huge like people don't really like point to him as being a very prominent actor. Right. But he's been a doll man and trancers and all this other cool shit. So I mean, what are you gonna do? So let's. Uh, I got the good old notes for this film. I busted them out and and all and awesome stuff. Uh, that's right. The, okay, so as I was mentioning before, 
about how they don't want this film to feel like a Tales from the Crypt movie. This film goes out of its way to try to ruin all the mythos that was set up in Demon Knight, like, right away. Because yeah. it turns out uh, Vincent Prather uh, has a the key, the key from Demon Knight, mm-hmm. which and sometimes has blood in it, sometimes doesn't. If you watch the scenes, it's like clearly they didn't. The continuity person wasn't doing their job. Oh. And with this key, he can control the van, uh, Lilith, the vampire queen. Yep, that's how it works. Wh- whoever owns possession of it, you don't have to have it on you. It could be in a safe somewhere, but as long as it's yours, she'll do whatever you say. What the fuck is that? I will just act like uh, this takes place in an alternate universe where Demon Knight is just a movie. And the prop was based on this real thing that apparently only exists to let you control vampires. No, one vampire. One Lilith. vampire. <laughs> who who you have to kill by cutting her heart in four pieces and removing it from her chest. Uh, that part doesn't bother me, because I... Oh, what bothers me is... Uh, you know, we're going to jump around here, obviously, because we don't give a shit. Um, like, when she gets blasted by the cross laser... Yeah, folks, it was a cross laser. Um, <laughs> if you wanted to chest. see this movie before, now you're just fucking tripping over yourself. Yeah, cross lasers and and inven- evangelical preachers going to strip clubs. Um, when they blast her with the cross laser, the heart is still in her chest. It should be... We've been shown now she can just regenerate super quickly and all this other stuff. Like, how come her heart isn't, like, pieced back together? Because it's, like, good, like, five minutes before she gets impaled by the uh, the trident. Right. You know what I mean? That's my biggest complaint. It's like... The, the method in which they have to kill this person is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the means in which they end up doing it is ridiculous. I'd say the means bother me more than the method. On top of the fact that then at the end, it's like they keep the heart in a little box. Like, in four, like no, just, they just throw like one piece in the Grand Canyon. You know, just like, why, why are you keeping them together? Yeah, absolutely. That is a terrible plan, Dennis Miller. Terrible plan. Which, which I guess we can just jump right into Dennis Miller. Uh, he has one funny line in the film. Uh, and then he's, that's it. The rest feels well, like it's a uh, alimony movie. He does not give a shit throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that's if you know if you read any behind the scenes stuff, it's um, it's very clear that they were trying to say, "Hey, this is a horror movie," and he's he you can you can read stuff about how he just doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to act like he's in a horror film. He's just acting like, "Hey guys, I'm Dennis Miller. I'm doing weekend updates still." <laughs> You know, it's just like he is clearly not giving any rat's ass nope. about being in this fucking movie. Not at all. His one funny line to... is uh, when the guy says, step outside, and his reply is, I don't feel like a blowjob, which is a good comeback. Uh, I think mine... Let me see here. Uh, I have a couple. One one line I actually laughed at when, she, when he's telling uh, uh, Erica Elaniac Elen- from uh, Hill- Beverly Hillbillies and other stuff, who's she's still looking pretty smoking hot in this film, um... He tells her, because she hires him to find Corey Feldman, her brother, because he's gone disappearing. Gone disappearing. Gone disappearing. <laughs> he has gone, gone disappearing. <laughs> gone disappearing, if I can speak today. Uh, he said, I found I, I found what leads, lead, looks like he went to a whorehouse. So she said, a whorehouse? And he said, yes, a house inhabited by whores. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then the one line that kind of pissed me off was when uh, him and her go to like a place to where they think her brother's at, like it's like abandoned power plant or something. 
and he's like, do you think your brother could have picked a better location? Because I feel like I'm in a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. And I felt, I screamed at the fucking movie, you're in a bad Tales from the Crypt movie. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Whoever wrote this script can just eat my ass. And this film has tons of nods to Demon Knight. Like, in Corey Feldman's room, there's a poster for Demon Knight. Yep. And, like, all this other stuff. It's like, they you keep know, referencing you're trying a good so film. hard. You're so, you're, yeah, you're trying, trying so hard to reference other things that are better than you. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to reference them in that they're bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, like this film is trying so hard to distance themselves from Tales of the Script and shit all over at the same time. Which isn't going to work because then people who actually like the show and like Demon Eye are going to come see your movie, think it's garbage, and then give it bad word of mouth and no one's going to come see your fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, what other stuff here? Um. Yeah, like, I think it's Dennis Miller. Like, there's moments I like him. Like, there's some moments where it's, like, his charisma is still coming through pretty well. Yeah, he, he, he at de- this, especially because this was at the peak of Dennis Miller being a charismatic, funny guy. Yeah, um, before he just, like, gone off the deep super end. Super deep end. Uh, and you, there are glimpses of that. And, you know, there, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are more lines that I laughed at than just the one line, but that's the only one I can remember that I really liked. Yeah, I mean... And there's, but there's just a lot of others where I just don't like him at all. Uh, well, um, let's talk about some of the other actors. Uh, let's talk about uh, Angie Everhart uh, for the rest of this episode. Uh, I will say, there, you know, it's funny. Like, before, my memory of her was she looked a lot hotter than she actually does in the film. Uh, I still think she's really hot in the film. There's parts <laughs> where I do, but there's some parts where, like the way they have her, I don't know, lit and looking. Like a lot of times, her skin just looks weird. Mm-hmm. I know it's a weird nitpick, but like, there's a lot of times when she just doesn't look right. Uh, like, look, like I'm sitting here thinking, like, you should look hotter than you do right now. Uh, since she is usually beautiful, including in like a bunch of like non-setup uh, promotional pictures, I'm gonna blame mm-hmm. that on the lighting guy. Oh no, totally. Uh, I think that's totally. And for the uh, uh, Angie Everhart plays Lilith, who's the villain of the film, and uh, she is most well known for being the girl that works the blockbuster in Last Action Hero. That's true. I, that's how I knew her from, for sure, before I saw this movie growing up. I was like, oh, you're way too attractive to be in this movie. <laughs> uh, she, she, I think she, all around, did a really good job. Like, there's a couple spots here and there where she was uh, not quite a 5 out of 5, but, you know, I've seen her in other stuff when she's done fine, so again, I blame that on the director. You know, mm-hmm. not using the best takes or not getting, explaining what they need or whatever. There's a dozen reasons, but in all in all, I think she actually does a legitimately good job in this film. Yeah, she does a better job playing a Tales from the Crypt like vampire slash villain than Dennis Miller does playing a Tales from the Crypt hero. Mm-hmm. And I respect the hell out of her because she is a drop. She is fucking gorgeous. She is a gorgeous, beautiful woman who does not mind being put in a bunch of prosthetic makeup to look ugly as shit. Oh yeah, I will. That's that's totally a plus. I'll give her for sure. Because they could have clearly used, I don't know, a body double they or something. Use a double. They could have put a dude in the makeup and had her dub it. It's still, yeah, it's still really clear that she's the one doing all the prosthetics. Yeah, and I respect that. And that, yeah, that totally, totally. Because not a lot of people are going to be willing to put up with that. Because like, there's some pretty heavy prosthetics. Going oh yeah, on especially here. In, a, in like, like especially the opening and the very ending. Yeah, you're talking like at least by like eight, twelve hours in makeup. Mm-hmm. For sure, for some of these shots. So props to her. Definitely props to her. Like, if I had to pick out some stuff, like, for major positives, it'd be her, Erica Alaniac. She's not too bad, but she's solid enough. I still like her quite a bit. Um, and then... Um, for me, it's Corey Feldman. I, I think Corey's fun in this film. Actually, uh, Corey, he's not in it enough for he's me. He's not in it enough, I agree. 
But if I was to pick like my my top thing between between Angie Everhart and uh, Chris Sarandon, oh, I love who Chris plays the Reverend Reverend, yeah. Reverend Current. For how little, like he, he, even when he's really in Reverend mode, Reverend <laughs> Reverend mode, it's solid, and I like him a lot. I agree. He's really good. And, you know, it's great. It's great that he's in this because he was Charlie and uh, um, uh, Fright Night. Yeah, which is which is great. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with those positives. Uh, a few of the practice, a f- few of the practicals look good, and I do mean just a few. Like Lilith Monster Mode looks great. Um, mm-hmm. The fucking not even blended fang marks in everyone's necks are not great. Well, on top of that, the fangs most of the time don't look. Very oh, those good look either. like shit. Um, I'm talking about positives. Trying to stay positive before. No, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Um, uh, as I said to uh, you when we were talking, when I was like live tweeting to you, me watching it, uh, one of my f- <laughs> favorite parts of the film is when Dennis Miller puts the axe into Lilith's uh, shoulder. I thought that was an actually really effective horror moment of the effect, uh, how she looked, the sound effect of her roar, her fucking pulling the axe out, shoving her shoulder back up, and then ending it with a fantastic fuck you, and then leaving. <laughs> that scene was yeah. fantastic. Like, if the rest of the movie was that good, this would be a great film. But like, <laughs> yeah, there are, there are moments of greatness in a in a like ocean of just shit. Yes, little, little like little icebergs of oh look at that nice, <laughs> and then but you're just in like a massive sea of septic sewage. Yes. Um, but you know, when you talk about Corey Feldman. I didn't mind him so much as when he's just the normal guy, like one just get one to get. Oh, oh, geez, I forgot my favorite character. Oh yeah, yeah you can't um, forget him. <laughs> uh, I don't have his name down here. There's a guy that uh, I think it's Mr. Jenkins. Or that might be the the guy that owns the. No, I think it's the guy because there's two. There's a guy that owns the mortuary that they go to, and then there's I think Mr. Jenkins is the guy at the bar. There's a guy at the bar that's like tricks people into going to the the whorehouse. Yes. Oh my God! Like his. His delivery of these lines is fantastic. He's like, you can find the best piece of ass. <laughs> like, he's, like, just seething these words through his teeth as hard as he can. And it's so fucking good. It's so good. And he dies so quickly, and it's upsetting. Because <laughs> he has two, like, scenes where he's getting people to go to these places, and he just gets... Oh, and his scene in the funeral home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, just smathering on sunscreen. Just swearing the whole time. <laughs> fucking son it's so good uh there's a weirdly stupid Whoopi Goldberg yeah movie. I remember like I was just screaming to you over uh the messenger why is this cameo here why why is this here that was stupid it was really stupid oh I, okay that's right I went off uh, I talked about the guy uh, so Corey Feldman okay so when he was as a normal normal guy it wasn't too bad I, I really hated him when he became a vampire. Oh, I didn't hate him, uh, but he was just like, it worked for me, and, but I can see it, why yeah. you would hate him. One of those things that just didn't, yeah, didn't He was definitely a, a more retarded, shittier version of Paul Rubens from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Totally, totally. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it seemed like. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. It's like, that's almost like what they're going for, and it, man, it didn't work. So, as we... As we mentioned before, like when we get to the the climax of the film, first off, we have a really shitty like ballroom blitz sequence at the bordello where Dennis Miller and the Reverend are like killing all the vampires. Yeah, it could have been fun, but it looks like shit, so it's shit. Totally. Now this is where this this is where I got to the point where I started remembering. Oh yeah, I've seen this movie done way better before. 
It's called uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where it is for me. Like, if you want to see this movie executed well, watch From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. We have this case of, well, not necessarily a whorehouse, kind of is, but the, I know in Dust Till Dawn it's not. It a lot of times it looks too much like a bar, not a whorehouse. Even though you can obviously get whores at the Teddy Twister, mm-hmm. um, but the idea of going to a whorehouse inhabited by vampires and all this other stuff is done just so magnificently well, well, well there, and just total garbage in this. Right. And it's funny because they're almost like the same movie in a way, just <laughs> gotta, <laughs> and, and with little and little little bits and pieces, yes. but. Uh, but yeah, but so Dennis Miller and the Reverend are blowing up these vampires. They look like garbage, superimposed like explosions. <laughs> like I could make this now on my phone, <laughs> like just like drag and drop little fucking stupid effects on the things. Mm-hmm. It just looks like garbage. Like they're like not. I just want. Uh, I don't know. I you know. I go on all day about all that stupid. And I guess the, I guess that's where I started picking up the from Dust Till Dawn reference because the vampires like burst into flames and explode. Mm-hmm. Which is what they do in uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Like, get some holy water on you. <laughs> Same thing here. I don't know. Um, so when they're getting to the climax with taking care of Lilith, they go back to the church, the mega church, where there's a laser cannon that shoots across under the devil, apparently. And before this, though, but they go to the church, and they're going to go on broadcast television. Why? Uh, you know, for reasons. I know that's the thing that got me. It's like it's almost as if there was like a scene they just forgot to shoot explaining exactly why they're going on television. Mm-hmm. I I think like he the Reverend like off kind of mentions like uh, go to the studio and like announce to the world that Lilith exists for reasons. It makes no sense because yeah. what's the fucking thing to do? She's still gonna kill yeah. you. Yeah, and you who's gonna do? believe that? Like who's gonna believe that this Reverend TV show is announcing that there's a vampire? Like. Yeah, if if I saw that, I would automatically assume they were telling the truth because clearly, if there's something that televised reverends are known for, it's always telling <laughs> the truth. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so then we get the sequence where they shoot her in the chest, knock the heart out. Ah, she's a lot. She's she's dead. Oh no, Erica Laniac is a, a vampire, and she kills Dennis Miller. Why? Yeah, there's no reason why. Oh, why? No reason why. Just uh, for the last, just film. for the last boo scare. Last boo although, scare. Which was although that... they do uh, pull out uh, one part that I do like, which is uh, I'm going to send this heart into space. Which yes. to me is always like the best solution for all these fucking things that need to be next to another thing. Just send yeah. one of them to space. And then we get a rabbi to consecrate a vampire. Oh, I thought that was great. Yeah, just like the Jews are like, like this is how you fucking do it. Like, yeah. Well, it seemed funny, like when um, Des Miller first comes to the whorehouse investigating stuff, how this one vampire is with thinks it's a cross. She's like, ah. Then it turns out it's a um, Star mm-hmm. David. That's really. Why wouldn't it work? Well, one stupid bit I, I forgot to mention early in the film, Lilith is trying to seduce Des Miller by giving like all these weird like fantasy visions. Mm-hmm. They are all terrible. Yes, they are. Pretty pretty shitty. So that's weak. So that's Bordello of Blood. Um, very very few positives to say about this film. I will say that I don't think it's as shit as Bill thinks, but it is still shit. I mean, maybe I'm being harsh on it. Oh like, no, I, I mean you it. are deservedly harsh. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's just things that worked for me that didn't work for you. 
true. Like, I, mean, I, I don't know. What I, I, I just don't want to feel like I'm being overly negative, but I'm just watching it and being like, ah, oh, fuck this, fuck that, <laughs> Jesus Christ, go away, get away from get me. Away. Yes, Angie Everhart, you are very hot, that's great, there's some great looking women in this film, lots of good boobies, That that's cool. There are a lot of good not, breasts. Not, not, having no problem with that, but just like, this film is resting on Dennis Miller, and he is not pulling his weight. Yeah. <laughs> and the script is, is certainly not doing it either. Nope. And the directing's not doing it. Like, it's just like, it's just, they had more money and didn't do anything with it, I felt. <laughs> perfect there you go there's <laughs> the <laughs> so star ratings um for me it gets a two. Oh, i also give it a two so there we go it's not quite to i don't know i don't i don't feel it's like as bad to get like you know ernest goes to africa numbers or anything like that but it's just it's a bad film but it's definitely not the trash that we have watched yeah, I would, I would, I would, of course, not recommend watching. It. No, I would not say don't take the time to watch it. Look at pictures of Angie. Uh, yeah, watch that one scene sure. of her getting the axe on YouTube, and that's the whole there film. You there you go. That's that's the money shot. <laughs> and of course, we end with the uh, wraparound segment where Aim Sadler's just ahead, and then they get a pun. Uh, I better quit while you're ahead. Uh... <laughs> and then we get the outro tale script, as I mentioned before. Why the fuck is it here? And then the movie is over, and then there is a third Tales from the Crypt movie that was pre- like released direct to DVD, I think, in like 2005. We did not watch it. I did that not know it existed not... until, like, Bill told me about it. Yeah. <sighs> it It's not good from my understanding, obviously. And it, it has no, like, Crypt Keeper rack around. It's, like, such a, like, we have the the rights to the name Tales from the Crypt. Let's release a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where that all goes there. So... Oh, uh, I forgot. Uh, one of my favorite, like, little uh, inside meta jokes in this film... Uh, in Bordello Blood, is that at one point Raph calls um, Vincent a demented Ewok. Uh, and it's <laughs> yeah. because uh, Vincent played an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. He certainly did. That's all. The end. <laughs> the end, guys. Uh, so if you have any uh, tales from the crypt you want to tell us, uh, you can email us at moviefilmsatbillandsteve at gmail.com. You, of course, find us on our Tumblr. All the episodes are listed at com. There's also the Facebook and iTunes. to search out moviefilmsatbillandsteve on both of those. Give us a like or subscribe. Five stars like all the th- five stars but then leave like seven stars like on uh, like they're in demon night perfect seven stars say, uh, seven keys seven people always has to be seven then you can then you can ask are my sheets done and then we'll reply they're downstairs and i couldn't get all the stains out either and then you could say damn guacamole <laughs> and of course uh, if you want to find me on twitter you can find me at livableville and please like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms, to keep up to date on all news related to the survivors and the upcoming Karis Hell. You must be this tall to die. And you can go to these www.silverspotlightfilms.com website to, you know, give me money. That sounds great, guys. Well, let's keep an eye out for all those great projects coming down the pipe. And as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Fuck this cowboy shit, you ho-dunk, po-dunk, well then there, motherfuckers! All you have to do is give me the goddamn key, and then we can get on with our lives.